All right. All right. We are we back, are back here, here with another January, January 2023 edition of the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo, and I have with me tonight Action Jackson on a, well, kind of a dreary Thursday night, wouldn't you say, Action? Oh, we need some sunshine, uh, especially in the sports world. Uh, it's very cloudy right now. It sure does. It sure does. I have to agree with that. And uh, I think what you're alluding to, Jackson, is the Razorback basketball team, which has been, well, let's just say a little under the weather for the past uh, past couple weeks, or maybe longer than that, actually. Definitely so. Uh, a you know, a, a four-game losing streak. I mean, you, you can't really – it's hard to find any positives right now. Well, I tend to agree with that. Actually, actually, I will say say that the game game last night, and I'm talking about the the Missouri game, uh, there were actually several positives. Unfortunately, they were followed up or or I'd say even counteracted by new and uh, additional negatives that we did not have before. So um, it almost seems like we're bailing water at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Ten point lead. 
was around three minutes left, and we lose by three. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, it was a tough one. Uh, you know, you, you're always going to play a tough game on the road, and uh, so we split with Missouri for this season. You know, we, we got 13 games left on the schedule, and uh, we, we need to go on one of those uh, Muscleman Arkansas runs that he's been known for. Uh, he was known for it in Nevada. Uh, and I, I think he uh, he's, he's made that known here at Arkansas. You know, we, we've been used to starting slow, going in these slumps, and then we go on a run. And we just haven't seen the run yet. And I'm, I'm still optimistic about a run. Uh, but it, it, I hoped it would have started last night, and it didn't. And now you're in a must-win game against Ole Miss. Uh, for, for me to even have a chance to, to start any kind of run. Uh, so I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. Well, I, I, I'm trying. Uh, I think what we what we have to do is we have to break down kind of the issues that we had that, that led to last night's loss. And um, you mentioned the fouls. I mean, obviously, the first the, the good things, like you said, our shooting was was much better. I don't know if you mentioned that. Much but better. Our shooting much was better. much better. Our defense, I think, was again suspect. Now, we held them to a, a reasonable field goal percentage, but we did not force turnovers. We, we, got, uh, we, we committed nine more turnovers than Missouri did. And to me, that was the, the, the biggest part of the game. Coming into this game, we were actually uh, did pretty good in the turnover category. Yeah. Usually a, a positive turnover ratio, but all of a sudden that just disappeared. And we allowed them to get 13 steals to our six. And, you know, we committed 21 total turnovers. Also, of course, the fouls were a problem. We had 33 fouls. And we gave them 40, 43 shots at the free throw line, which is a ton. Wow. Uh, now, of course, we, we did good making our own free throws. But when the other team takes 14 more free throws than you do, it, that's that makes it tough on them. Sounds and that's exactly what it was. Yeah, we, we defended the three-point arc much, much better than we did against Vanderbilt, of course. I only held them to 25% shooting, 5 of 20. And our shooting was, was good. I mean, we shot 46% from the field, which is good. And our three-point shooting was actually excellent. We, we were 7 of 17, shooting 41%. And uh, three of those threes, amazingly, were, were Devo Davis who made the most threes of, of any of the Razorbacks right. um, and was our leading point scorer, too. A guy who I, I usually don't like seeing uh, take three-point shots. <laughs> no, um, you definitely don't. But but the, the I think the problem is, again, um, we're having issues. We, ha- we haven't won a road game. Have we won a single true road game yet, yet this year? Uh, no, no, we haven't. So we're just we're having trouble on the road, just putting it together. And you know, before we, I wasn't I wasn't at least noticing a problem with fouls and turnovers. Our, the, our main problem was the shooting, and the shooting was good. Like you said, the free throws were excellent. Well, we were twenty three of twenty six from the free throw line. I don't think and, you can ask for much better than that. Yeah. <laughs> And the same thing from, if you make seven out of 17 three-pointers, 
given Arkansas's limitations, I, I, we can't expect better three-point shooting than that. That's plenty good enough to win the game. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, it's just not being able to close out the game on the road. That is, uh, that is one, one of the big issues. And not, you know, uh, hanging on to the ball. Not hanging on to the ball. I will, I'll, I'll point out another thing that the Arkansas did last night was we out-rebounded Missouri 42-23. Wow. Including uh, beat them on the offensive glass 13-7. to So you're looking at a ton, really a ton of positives. It yep. just goes to show how Missouri basically just hit timely shots and they converted turnovers into points. They converted fouls into points. You know, they only shot 75% from free throw, but they made 30. And you give them 40 free throws, and they only have to shoot 75% to beat you because you're giving them 30 free points where no one can guard them. Exactly. They only scored 49 points where they actually had to to take a shot where somebody had a hand in their face. 49 points. And... The other 30 came from at the free throw line. So, you know, were there some calls out there that probably went Missouri's way? Um, I can think of a few. Yeah, yeah. But I would agree. I would agree. At the same time, I, 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 I you know, I almost can't fault the Razorbacks for, you know, when, when you see what a team like Vanderbilt did to you, I think the response to that is you need to be more physical. I think that's what Musk told the guy. You're going to have to play a more physical, aggressive game. And we tried to do that. We just we didn't succeed. Playing defense, one of the great things about the last two years in Elite Eight teams that we had was they were able to play defense without fouling. Without fouling. Exactly right. I'm looking particularly at Jalen Williams, who obviously was Mr. Mr. Charge, for the yep. years that he played, you know, led led the country, I believe, in, in charges. But Jalen Williams, when you got the ball down there in the paint, he was going to find a way to block your shot or strip you the ball without fouling you, without there being a whistle blow. Right. And that's what we're missing. That's really what we're missing. Trayvon Brazil had a, a, a real knack for that. We we've got to, you know, either develop or. You know, we got to work on that. It's 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 a skill that, that some players have and some players don't. But there's got to be a real commitment to to making that extra turnover, that strip of the ball, that you know, uh, tapping that ball away and, and stealing it. That's the difference in, in the game at, at at that point. You know what I mean? That's the difference between a three point loss and a three point win. And you know, you said we closed out on shooters better, and uh, I think what what really broke uh, the straw that broke the the camel's back, so to speak, last night was uh, the shot that I think turned it for Missouri. They hit a wide open three, and in, in listening to that game, uh, Coach Coach Z says nobody closed out, nobody closed out. It was wide open. He knocked down a shot. I think that cut it to five, and. You know, I mean, that was part of their 10-0 run. And uh, and then there was a key rebound 
they, they got an offensive rebound, got a new shot caught, and I think hit a three. They had a three point play on that drive, and or on that trip, and it just, uh, it, it just too many things going wrong there at the same time, along with the guys fouling out. I think we lost we lost three guys in like a minute and twenty seconds of gameplay, and uh, two of them were good defensive players. So. Those foul outs just just came at the wrong time. I mean, if they're out there, maybe they get a defensive rebound. And maybe we're talking about a different game today. But we don't get that as as the the great podcasters that we are. We don't get that opportunity to just talk about the good times. Uh, whether we like it or not, uh, Big Mo, we're on a four game losing streak. We got to figure out a way to get this win Saturday against Ole Miss. Uh, you know, the the players have to figure out how to put a heartbreaking loss on the road in Missouri when you had a 10-point lead. they got to put it behind them because now you're playing an Ole Miss team that hasn't won a conference game. They've won less conference games than we have. You don't think that they're wanting to come to the bud and knock us off? You know, so the guys, I mean, we know how hard it is to turn around after – after losing a heartbreaker, and then you got to go back out there and win one, and that's what they got to do. Uh, I think they'll they'll play in front of an inspired crowd this weekend, and uh, I, I hope for hope for good things on Saturday. I hope so too. Um, I, I'm looking back at some of our stat lines and from the previous games. I, I think I just didn't. We we had the the shooting was such a glaring issue it kind of took our eyes off uh, the other issue which which has existed pretty much the entire time the past three games we have given up entirely too many free throws to the opposing team now we were fine leading up to that the the Auburn game we took more free throws than Auburn. When we beat Missouri, we took more free throws than Missouri, which is strange, given that um, that's that's the same team that we played last night and gave up a ton to them. Uh, you know, some games just go like that, but uh, right. it's definitely become a trend when it's happened three games in a row. We uh, against LSU, the free there wasn't honestly very many free throws. Both teams took 22 free throws combined in the LSU game. So that wasn't an issue. But the last three games, we really have a glaring issue with giving the other team too many free throws. Alabama shot 36 free throws in their win over us in Bud Walton to R23. We're spotting the other team an additional 13 free throws. Alabama sank 25 of of those 36. Then you turn to the Vanderbilt game, which... In the Vanderbilt game, of course, we haven't podcast since that game. But, you know, my take from that game is that, obviously, we were did well in the first half. But in the second half, Vanderbilt just shot lights out, which was obviously helped by our poor defense. And we got cold in the second half. And that's But, but when you look harder at the stat line of the Vanderbilt game, Vanderbilt shot 36 free throws. To our 24. So we got outshot by 12 free throws against Vanderbilt. And you'll recall, we know what's the most amazing thing about that stat, about Vanderbilt having 36 free throws to our 24? What's that? 
I, I think you're already on onto it, but I give you a hint. It 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 uh, has to do with what happened at the end of that half at Vanderbilt. Oh yeah, the uh, the, the the seven free throws that we shot. We shot uh, seven free throws at one time, due to three technical fouls. Yeah. So yeah. even with us shooting seven free throws at one time, which is a complete uh, anomaly, just a, a very a coincidental, strange asterisk type thing, we still got outshot by twelve free throws. Take away those seven, we would have got outshot thirty-six to seventeen. Yes. That's a huge problem. You can't. Yes, you can't. But because and the reason why these problem you know as well as I do action is because Arkansas's game, given that they're not a great shooting team and they're really a poor three-point shooting team, is we've got to be taking the ball to the rack and drawing contact. Yes. That's that's how we have to be. Um, Attacking on on offense because we're not we're not a jump shooting team. So when right. when we're not only not when we don't don't have the advantage over other teams in free throws, we should always have the advantage. But uh, but to actually have a deficit of a, a dozen or more for three straight games, you, you, we can't win like that. We cannot win like that. Certainly can't. And- and three of those games, you lost by 13 points each. That's another thing that all three of those losses in, in that stretch had in common. They were all by 13 points. And, you know, it, it's, it's ironic to think that in one of them, that's exactly how many more free throws that Alabama took than we did. And they beat us no, I'm, I'm actually, in the Auburn game, like I said, we, we shot better uh, with the free throws in the Auburn game. We It wasn't a problem in the Auburn it's just Alabama, Vanderbilt, and now Missouri. The yeah. last three games is, is where we've had at least a dozen free throw deficit. And so, right. you know, it's one of those things to where you've got to find your identity. If you're going to be a team that is physical and takes the ball to the hole and, and gets high percentage shots and draws fouls, then you have to do that better than your opponent win the game you know you've got to be the team drawing fouls and and not the team fouling the other team and putting them on the free throw line right because uh you know when you're getting points two at a time like arkansas usually does you can't be giving up those points to the other side and that's another thing that um the, the our past two years when we've gone to the elite eight I think Arkansas did the, did exceptionally well. Is that when another team got momentum, and you know as well as I do that momentum is a real and and huge thing in college basketball. When another team got the momentum, Arkansas would a lot of times find a way to draw a foul, and and just kill the buzz. Right. And nothing kills a buzz like like a whistle. And then everybody having to stop and watch the opposing team shoot free throws. It's it's the perfect antidote to sh- slowing down a team that's hot and wants to just keep pouring it on. And when we're not able to draw contact and get to the hole or make shots, we we have we have a tough time um, doing that. 
we, we have a tough time stopping that. Like, for example, Vanderbilt. Uh, I don't have the figures here on how many free throws we shot in the second half, but I can guarantee it was very few. It was very yeah. few because we only shot 24 total, and most of those came in the first half. Right. So when a team's hot like that, you you and Vanderbilt was red hot. You know they shot seventy percent from the field in the second half. You got to find a way to get to the line and and kill the momentum, especially on the road. You know, and you know if anybody knows about Big Big Mo, it's uh it's the guy talking, it's Big Mo himself, and uh you know we've we've been able to do that, like you said, and <laughs> it, it's just it's just not happening this year. Uh, so far, I mean, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not, I'm not jumping out of the ship, but you know, we're we're bailing water, and we're we're you know we're we're using the styrofoam cup right now, and uh, we're not helping ourselves. And so, you know, uh, the 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 defense has got to get better without fouling. That's that's one of our main concerns right now, and we have to get to the basket and get to the free throw line. Yeah, uh, that's our that's our recipe for winning under muscle. That's what it has been, and. Uh, and, and it does hurt. I mean, you can't point fingers, but it does hurt not having Nick Smith on the court because that's one of his uh, specialties is going to the rack, get to the free throw line. Trayvon Brazil was excellent at it, and he could shoot threes. So, I mean, there's two big pieces that were missing, and what you plug in for them sometimes, you don't get consistency, and that's one word I go back to from earlier episodes is there's no consistency. Uh, the last time we played Missouri, we were down 20 five to eight in the first half and in the second half we just pulled away you know we were we played great defense in the second half we shot the ball well and we were able to come back and win and we haven't seen that consistency since well i i I tend to disagree with you on that point jackson i think we have had consistency i think we've been consistently bad on the road i would i would like to see some inconsistency on the road (laughs) but I, i have not seen really many i mean Last night, I feel like was our high water mark, probably our best performance on the road so far this year, and uh, and we and we still didn't get done. So it wasn't enough. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I hate to say it, but Missouri was a team we've already beaten. In fact, Missouri was the only team that we've beaten. Um, I believe in SEC play so far. Am I am I right only on that, win. Jackson? That's our only win. So, so the, this is the only team that we've proven we can beat, and here we go on the road, a team that we know we've beaten, that we've beaten in the past, you know, uh, three weeks, two weeks maybe, two and a half weeks, and um, and and we, you know, once again couldn't get it done on the road, and I, I know it was a close game, this and that, you know, but again, th- these are teams that. Uh, I, I would like to see some inconsistency on the road. You know, I would like to see that that game where we just light it up and, and blow somebody out on the road, and you know, the next time we come out and have a stinker. But so far, it's been consistent yeah. disappointment. Yeah, and you know, so it wouldn't hurt for us to be unpredictable because right now we're too predictable on the road. We know what we're going to go do. Let's go do something different. Uh, I mean, what I would like to see Saturday is go home and just absolutely blow the doors off the worst team in the SEC. And can we do it? I think we can. Will we? I don't know right now, Big Mo. I don't know 
where we're going to get it. So, <laughs> so I think Forrest Gump, you know, said it best. Arkansas basketball right now is like a box of chocolates. You just don't know what you're going to get right now. Again, uh, right now, I, I can tell you what we're going to get when we go on the road, and it's an L. Because that's yep. what I've seen so far. I don't, I don't have any reason to tell you that, you know, that, that we're going to get anything but an L. Now, what we get at home, I feel pretty, still feel pretty good at home. The only team that's beat us at home so far at SEC play is Alabama. Alabama's number four in the country. Alabama should beat most teams at home. You know, there shouldn't be anybody expecting to beat Alabama. So right. I still feel very good about what's Arkansas, how they're, they're going to play at home. Obviously, we need to yeah. beat Ole Miss, but no matter how much we beat Ole Miss by, it doesn't prove anything. In fact, I would almost prefer that, that they didn't beat them by that much just because I don't want them to get any kind of overconfidence. Uh, you know, or, or, or feeling like they somehow fixed the problems by beating Old Miss going into the next game uh, at home against LSU after that, which is going to be really where the real test starts. And, you know, we've, we've proved that we can go on a losing streak. Now we win Saturday. Let's prove we can start a win streak because that's what we got to have. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of games coming up down the road that we can afford not to show up and play well, uh, you know, down the stretch, not on the road, down down the stretch of this of this season. Uh, we've got to string together some wins. And, well, uh, our, our and next – go ahead. I think – and I think they I think they start this weekend uh, because, you know, we have a, a, a three-game stretch at home uh, in, in the bud, in the palace. So, uh, let's go get them. Yeah, our next three games are at home. I'm sorry. Our next three SEC games are at home. We got right. Ole Miss, LSU, and Texas A&M to close out the month of January. Wedged in between there is a road trip to Baylor, number yep. 21 in the country. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's going to be a real test for us. You know, at yep. this point, yep. I can I can tell you what I'm expecting to happen in that game. But, <laughs> again, I would like to see some inconsistency and, and, and some surprises on that. But at at the same time, you know, it it has been poor, but let's not pretend like this is just an Arkansas thing. There were 11 ranked teams that lost on Saturday, 11 ranked teams. Mm -hmm. And I think a few of those teams that were ranked, the only reason they won is because they were playing another ranked team. Somebody had to win. So, but... There were 11 ranked teams. It's, it tied the all-time record for the most ranked teams to ever lose on a single day in men's college basketball. Wow. That, 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 is, that is the record. It was tied on Saturday. So it's not just Arkansas. It's no, virtually everybody. Yeah. Let me, let me give you the full list here. Number five, Tennessee lost to Kentucky. Number nine, Arizona lost to Oregon. Number 11... Kansas State lost to number 17, TCU. Number 14, Iowa State lost to number two, Kansas. Number 16, and speaking of this, this is probably where we need to take off on this conversation. Number 16, Miami lost at NC State, who has been playing some mighty fine basketball and and who we 
Maybe maybe we spend some time in this in this podcast talking about number eighteen. Wisconsin lost to Indiana. Number nineteen. Providence lost to Creighton. Number twenty. Missouri lost to Florida. Number twenty three. Sandy Hill State lost to New Mexico. And number twenty four. Duke lost to Clemson. Wow. So you know if if you if we're feeling pain, at least we're not alone. Okay, there's the there's a, a, almost an entire uh, ranking of teams out there who are hurting, and there'd probably be some more if the ranked teams didn't happen to play each other and somebody had to win. <laughs> you know, it's the parity in college basketball is, um, at least at this point in the season, is very high because you're seeing a lot of these talented teams, these young players have not quite elevated their game to the top level and these other teams with less talented but more seasoned players are teaching them a thing or two and and giving them an introduction to college basketball that's right and you know if you if you want to uh, if you want to uh, you know expound on the the, the big nc state win uh go right ahead uh, that, that's a great win great win for the Wolfpack. Absolutely. Won that one in overtime. And once again, uh, number 16, Miami, NC State did not back down, even coming off of a huge win for NC State uh, against Duke, which was really the biggest win. Uh, This was, uh, uh, we actually didn't mention this in our last podcast, but it was before our last podcast. I don't know how it it slipped our our minds, but... um, Beat number Blow sixteen out. Duke at the time by twenty four points, eighty four to sixty. <clears throat> then the Wolfpack went on the road, beat Virginia Tech by four, seventy three to sixty nine. Then they uh, hosted Miami and took them into overtime and came away with an eighty three eighty one win. And then uh, on Tuesday they went to Atlanta and handled Georgia Tech on the road quite easily, 78-66. So don't look now. You've got the NC State Wolfpack at 15-4, and and they travel to that most hated place, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, on Saturday to face the Tar Heels at uh, at 4 o'clock p.m. Central. So the unranked Tar Heels, by the way. So now if NC State pulls that one off – we might have a real situation on our hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're playing some basketball. And NC State, in fact, I mean, the ACC is not looking particularly strong this year. If you look at the at NC State's next one, two, three, four, five, the next five games are against unranked teams. They play home games against Florida State and Notre Dame in that stretch, which should be wins. Right. Um, and they play uh, uh, also a home game against Georgia Tech on February 4th. Only road game in that four-game stretch after the Carolina game is at Wake Forest, which uh, should be uh, Raleigh should be Raleigh West this year, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> now, Wake Forest uh, uh, beat Duke, which was um, – Part of Duke's uh, soul, that, I think that began their soul searching, which continues to the present moment, but actually yeah. beat Duke. So, um, 
you know, Wake, Wake Forest is, uh, and apparently I'm, I'm looking at Wake Forest here. They, they actually reeled off a win against Clemson by 10 points on Tuesday. Wow. Number 19, Clemson. And that, that's a four-game win streak now for Wake Forest. They beat Clemson. They smoked Florida State by 15. I went into Louisville and beat them. So that's four in a row for Wake Forest. I tell you, you don't, you don't know who's who's uh, who's ready to play ball this year or not. I mean, there's some, there's going to be some surprising names in the bracket this year, right? For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe I believe you're uh, I believe you're right on that, and uh, and that's and that's the beauty of uh, of college basketball. You, you, you spoke of the word that everybody likes to use the, the parity. Uh, it's one of the things that everybody loves. You don't ever know who's going to come out on top. Uh, just because you're the favorite doesn't mean you're going to win it. And uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, tell them who you might see in that field. Yeah, we're going to have to start learning some new names here, particularly on the NC State uh, NC State basketball team. Traquavian Smith, 6'4 sophomore, is leading the Wolfpack, is scoring almost 20 points a game, 19.1 points a game. Wow. Jarkel Joyner, a senior. From Oxford, Mississippi, and, and you can tell Ole Miss is missing him badly. They missed out on that recruit right there. Six foot one point guard has uh, is is a second on the team in scoring and uh, has been a main main cog for distributing the ball and creating turnovers for NC State. And uh, then they've got DJ Burns Jr. Six nine. Nothing but but uh, but muscle and, and rock in the middle. Two hundred seventy five pounds from Rock Hill, wow. South Carolina, has been grabbing some rebounds and providing some stout defense in the middle. He's also a senior, along with uh, Joiner. Um, so NC State has, uh, uh, and and I have to mention also Casey Morell is another senior who's been starting for NC State. Um, mm-hmm. A, a rather a rather seasoned team that that could be dangerous, could be dangerous. Right. So we'll have to see. But yeah, the um, you know Arkansas is struggling, but NC State is 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 ripping. I wouldn't be surprised if it if it changed in the month of February. Um, but one thing I do have faith in is I do have faith in. Uh, I do have faith in Coach Musselman getting it back together, getting rallying the troops, and and figuring out a solution because Arkansas has still has a lot of talent, but they're going to have to learn how to play uh, yep. defense and and and, yep. and you got to put it all together. You got to play defense and take care of the ball. You can't just play Absolutely. defense and not take care of the ball, and you can't take care of the ball and then not play defense. That's true. That's you know you've good. got. And, and that's the thing. When you have a, a team like Arkansas where you don't have really any senior or any even junior on the court at, at a given time sometimes, and then right. you have um, uh, a team like NC State where you're starting three or four seniors, well, Make the difference. it makes a difference. And that's what we're seeing. That's what Duke's finding out too. You know, it's so. what the struggles the struggles that the Razorbacks are going through right now it reminds me of some of Calipari's teams in Kentucky. Super talented, yeah. but couldn't make it all click, and they struggled. And yeah. they struggled mightily. 
and uh, and I don't think that we're going to do that level of struggling because I think these these thirteen that we got left, it would surprise me if we went if we went more than seven of them. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But the way they were playing defense, it wouldn't surprise me if we lose if we lose ten of them. So nothing would surprise me right now either way because that's just that's the inconsistencies that we've had. Uh, and so, you know, we just got to string some things together and, and try to right the ship a little bit. Now, speaking of Kentucky, there's another team in the SEC which, like Arkansas, has a 12-6 and six record and has only won one game. I'm sorry, make that uh, – let me take that back. <laughs> they have a 12-6 and six record. Uh, they've actually won three games in conference. But that's the Kentucky Wildcats. They're twelve and six too, and there has been talk on ESPN. I, I read an article recently where uh, Joe Lenardi is currently not projecting the Kentucky Wildcats to make the field of sixty-four this year. Uh, that's a good prediction because up to they beat Tennessee, they've been struggling, and yeah. they just you know they got an upset win over Tennessee this last weekend. So uh, or earlier this week, yeah. So. Uh, you know, they've been struggling. Uh, they, they're very beatable. Uh, and they, their six losses prove it. Uh, yeah, I, I have to say, I, in that in that Tennessee game, they had a um, – they, they I'm sorry, this was the win over Georgia, actually, last night. Uh, Oscar Tshibwe for, for Kentucky. I mean, this is a box score that will really uh, – you know, and of course, he's a senior. He played for him last year too, from the Congo. This this will make your eyes bulge out. He had thirty seven points and twenty four rebounds. Yep. In that game, uh, just that, a monster through performance. N- through the NIL, that's why he uh, he he's making uh, some big time money to play college basketball right now. Those kind of numbers are why. Yeah, but again, the the key the key word there in that sense is senior. Arkansas yeah. didn't have that. We, uh, we have a lot of talent, but we're going to have to be patient with these guys. And the great thing is, uh, again, I hope Nick Smith uh, comes back next year. Obviously, I expect Trayvon to Brazil to come back next year. But next year, I think Musselman is going to have a his, – his challenge is going to be finding transfers and players yep. to join the team who fill those weaknesses that we have right, right. now. And I have a hundred percent faith that he's going to do that. I think he's already probably thinking about that right now. And he already does it every year. I mean, he brought in the, yeah. the Mitchell twins that have had good games. Jalen Grant's played good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's already he's already brought them in. Yeah. It's just and, and the, the holding out for Nick Smith for next year, Big Mo. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen because you know he's barely played, but he's still projected in the top ten of the NBA draft. He's not going to be at Arkansas next year, so we can't bank on Nick Smith. Now, it would be nice to see Trevion uh, Brazil come back, but the, the Nick Smith name, uh, latest indications are he, he should be back uh, for the month of February, and if he's able to be on the court and be healthy, uh, he's going to be key to this run uh, that we're fixing to go on. Well, now, I don't know if, if you heard this, but um, there was some talk, I believe, on social media about, like you said, Nick Smith going on straight to the pros. And what I heard reported was that Nick Smith responded. Uh, somebody basically said that they bet anything that he's not coming back next year and that he personally responded saying that 
the guy's basically going to uh, lose that bet. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I heard something similar, but, you know, uh, the the quote I heard was a, a guy put on his uh, Instagram that he won't play this year, that he won't be back for the Razorbacks this season. And Nick Smith's response to that was, uh, you're going you're gonna to lose that money. Oh, really? He's planning, on, he's, planning, he's planning on playing on for the Razorbacks before this season, though. And uh, and that's why we're saying the February thing. Uh, Musselman's really high on him being back for February uh, to, to go on this run with his team. And uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I try to be understanding of, a, you know, you're talking about his career. You're not just talking about one season at Arkansas. You're talking about what the guy's going to do for the rest of his uh, working life. He's going to play basketball. And they're trying to make sure that his knee is going to be ready to go. And so if he, yeah. if he plays for Arkansas, I think it's going to be that piece that we've been missing uh, because he's, he's been very good when he was on the court. And, uh He's going to be very good. I mean, there's a reason why he's still projecting the top ten of the of the draft. So, uh, yes, you're right. All right. Well, with the time we got left, we're going to have to turn to the NFL, NFL football, and uh, I, I know it's a sore topic, but we oh, have man. to talk about uh, what what happened to Tom Brady and those and those venerable those venerable Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How could it go so wrong after it went so right? In the first game of the season in Dallas, just completely handled, baffled, and dominated the Cowboys. And then when it all mattered, all mattered. They, they, they had it. They had the game in Tampa, and it was the script was flipped. It was flipped. Yeah. It, it, it certainly was, you know, and, and I thought for the most part in the first half, the defense showed up, but there was no offense to help them. There's, there's yeah. no offense to help him. Brady throws his first interception in the red zone in, in four years. And he, uh, you know, we they had missed the extra point. We would have had a chance to go to 7 nothing. He throws a pick. Next thing you know, it's 12, it's 12 to nothing. And lo and behold, he misses another extra point. Then they score again and make it 18 to nothing. And guess what? He misses another extra point. So I mean, every other every opportunity to try to crawl back into this game, and it just never happened. And as a Bucks fan, uh, thanks thanks for your time, uh, Tom. But it, it, it's time for you to ride off into the Tampa sunset uh, because. Oh, so uh, you're putting this uh, on Tom? Well, no. I mean, if it's if that's the best that he can offer for us, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I and, and the defense. I mean, the defense of uh, wore out in the second half and. Uh, you know, we, we've got so many good players on that defense to, to play like that. And Dak Prescott played out of his mind. And uh, he'll, he'll get his wake-up call when they play the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're, they're not going to San Francisco and winning. All you Cowboy fans, Jackson Jackson, sorry. Uh, pack it up. Get ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, get ready to buy your tickets to the Super Bowl. But it's not going to be because your king's playing. You're going to go watch his fans. Uh, because you're not going to San Francisco and beating that team. San Francisco's the hottest team out there right now. And uh, best of luck, Cowboys. But uh, don't don't see it from my uh, from my uh, Cowboy uh, disliking colored glasses. <laughs> so you got San Francisco going to the NFC Championship. Who joins them? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say they play Philly. Uh, I'm going to say they play Philly, Big Mo. Uh, I think Philly gets their uh, gets their gets their get back against the Giants. 
actually, actually, uh, then it's a coin toss for me. Uh, either one of those teams, I'll definitely be rooting for my division in the Super Bowl. Uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on the limb. And uh, if it's if it is the 49ers and the Eagles, I'm I'm gonna have to pick the Eagles uh, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Well, I have to. I think I'm going against both those picks just because. And again, you may be right. You, you, my my head kind of goes with you on both those picks, but, but but I'm telling you, I'm going with the theory. I'm going with the theory that the hot quarterbacks win. That's my theory, and I think Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones, they are playing out of their minds right now, and I think it continues. I've seen it before. I've I've seen Eli Manning make a run when he was hot. I've seen, uh, you know. You, you, can, you can go back in history. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, you know, but he's he's always hot. But what about the, Joe Burrow last what year? What about the third string guy? And Sam, yeah. What, what about Brock? Uh, what about? I'm mean, again. About I haven't. I haven't. There's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on him. He he didn't play last week. Didn't play. Last, I, I go with the guys who I've seen. Once you've risen to the occasion, when it's a do or die moment, like. Prescott and Jones have is particularly on the road, and that's what matters to me the most. Is Prescott and Jones both did it on the road? They didn't do it at home. They did it on the road in Minnesota and in Tampa Bay. Once you've done that once with a hostile crowd, I, again, that's that's my. Th- I'm going to try out this theory, but I'm saying I, I don't like it either. I'm saying Cowboys Giants, and then I'm saying I think the Giants. I think the Giants might might be in the Super Bowl this year, and I wow. shivered to, to I shivered to think about that. But if it's a Cowboy Giants matchup, I, I would pick the Giants to start off with. On the other side, who do you got? Uh, who do you got with the Bills and the Bengals? Wow, I mean, what a, I mean, what a what a way that this has come full circle for both teams. The the Demar Hamlin uh, on the field uh, health scare. Uh, I just I, 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 I like both quarterbacks, Big Bo. I'll be honest. I like Josh Allen. I like Joe Burrow. Uh, I like both of them. I call them. I call them two of the young guns in the league. And either one of them to win this game, I would be fine with it. I myself, my gut, I'm gonna go with Buffalo. And it's just it's the Josh Allen factor and the Stephon Diggs connection that he's got. Not saying Joe Burrow doesn't have those similar connections. But Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs uh, and the emerging of uh, Evan Ingram lately, uh, he has been on fire. And uh, I just I, I think Josh Allen and then I'm, I'm going to – this one's really going to throw you and bug your eyes bug out of your head. But after the comeback the other night, Jacksonville's on a mission. And I think <laughs> that mission goes through Kansas City. <laughs> Jacksonville plays Buffalo, AFC Championship game, and Buffalo goes on to play the Philadelphia Eagles for the Super Bowl. Wow. Now, th- that just and, goes to show how hotly contested going, this is going to be. And I'm going to pull for the nationwide underdogs at that point because then I, I've almost got to root for my division and go with Jalen Hurts. I've almost got to. But if that's the matchup, I'm going to say Josh Allen gets his first Super Bowl title. 
I'm, I'm going a completely different direction. I think Josh Allen's season ends this week. Didn't like how Buffalo looked against Miami, against that quarterback who, you know, shouldn't have even really hardly been out there. Um, yeah. I don't think that if they play like that, they can, they can match up with Joe Burrow and the Bengals, although I didn't like how the Bengals played either. But I think the Bengals would have beat them the first time if they would have finished that game. So I like the Bengals advancing. Uh, the Chiefs are going to make, I think, quick work of the Jaguars. Don't forget they were down 27 to nothing in that game that they won. They're not going to come back against the Chiefs. And uh, then the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs take take the Bengals and get revenge on the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, right now, early prediction: I'm going Chiefs Giants in the Super Bowl. Completely different direction, which goes to show how interesting this is going to be. With with who hosting with who ho- hoisting the trophy? Uh, I, well, I have to go with the Chiefs on that. Well, I mean, it, it, there you have it, folks. I mean. You don't hear us disagree very often on this podcast, but none of those picks were the same. So somebody's got to be right somewhere. I mean, we didn't pick one single thing alike, and that's the beauty of it. And uh, I, I think I have a better chance of being right if you go back and look at my track record on this podcast. Okay, uh, I, I can't argue with record, that. I think my record speaks for itself. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I, I said weeks before it ever happened that TCU was a team of destiny, and they played in the national championship game, and they got robbed, but they were there. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting either way. And as a football fan, uh, I look forward to, to at least glancing at it and passing because I'm not going to sit down and watch all of these games because I don't have a vested interest this year. So yeah. I'm not really – at the end of the day, I'm not overly concerned who wins. The only win that I care about this weekend is getting those old Miss Rebels in Fayetteville. That's what I care about, folks. Amen to that. And uh, before we have our next podcast, we're also going to play LSU at home. So I'm looking forward to having two nice wins to talk about on Thursday and previewing the Baylor Bears coming up the following Saturday. And That's and what I'm looking forward to next two week. two teams, Big Mo, that we – like worse yes. than Ole Miss and LSU. That's right. You this couldn't pick time. two better get-right games. Coach, Coach Muss and the staff, I know you guys are big fans of this podcast. I'm begging you, go get these two wins for Razorback Nation. Ride the ship, and let's make that deep run again. That's what we're going to do. This is where it starts. Go That's right. Big Zoe. Big Zoe. And, uh, and, and and I say I say a big amen to that big mo and uh, you know thank all the listeners and our our, our tremendous fans out there and uh, whoever's out there that considers herself as my number one fan just keep doing you <laughs> amen to that amen amen.